Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Right, we're starting a new um, sermon series today. Do you remember what it's called? <laughs> Simply Jesus. Okay, I'll, Simon, you can come up. And yeah, Thank you. Okay, yeah, so we're going to do an introduction today to this, just uh, about 10 minutes or so. Why simply Jesus? Well, because lots of stuff gets in the way of Jesus, doesn't it? Lots of stuff uh, in our own lives, stuff in, in church life, lots of stuff gets in the way and can eclipse the person of Jesus. And actually following Jesus is, is relatively simple. It's quite straightforward. And uh, so we're going to spend the next few weeks looking at the person of Jesus and the centrality of Jesus uh, and to see where we can get back to some of the basics uh, of what it looks like to follow him. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he was in physical form, wasn't he? Yeah? He had a body. Yeah? And he didn't even have a car. Shock horror. He didn't even have a bike. So he had to get around by walking, didn't he? Yeah? Walked all over the place. Um, was very limited in his physical body, in terms of where he could be. He couldn't reproduce himself, he didn't clone himself, he didn't make copies of himself. He was limited in terms of what he could do. Even his miracles, I'm amazed that when he chose to do something with water, he chose to walk on it. Why not hover like Iron Man? Why not fly over the water? That's what I would have done. I'd have flown over the water like Iron Man. You know, that'd be much more effective. But no, even still, he chose to walk. So he's very limited in his physicality. And so to get the job done, to get the gospel out there, to share the good news, he needed help. And so what did he do? He went on a recruiting drive and he started making disciples, started calling people to himself. Can you help? Can you help? He started with a small bunch of fishermen, tax collectors, a ragtag bunch of people, and then that began to grow. To grow sorry. And in the end, he called 72. And in Luke 10, we read about him calling 72 people to himself and commissioning them. And commissioning means you give somebody a role and a job to do. You say, right, you guys got to go and do this now. And he commissioned 72. And uh, he sends them out. There he's walking around. Look, that's an early photo of Jesus' feet. <laughs> that was captured on one of those animal cams that detects movement. You know, you put it on the ground. And as things come past, we captured Jesus' feet there. Okay. And, um, and here, an early shot of the disciples. Making their way. So he sends out 72. Now he does something very interesting. He says, okay guys, it's your job now to go and spread the good news. What's the good news? Okay, we've got a fundamental problem. We don't know what the good news is, okay? So what is the good news of the gospel? Okay, this is why we're doing this course. We're going to do Simply Jesus. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is near, didn't he? God is near to you, God is near to me, and God is not the God who's up there trying to punish you or be distant from you. God is the God who loves you and wants to forgive you. That's the good news of the gospel. So he said to these disciples, go and share the good news. Go and tell people that the kingdom of heaven is near, that God is near, but don't only tell them, demonstrate it. And how did he say demonstrate it? He said, <laughs> heal the sick, cast out demons, do the stuff 
Go and demonstrate the kingdom is near. Don't only say it, but demonstrate it. And very quickly, if you demonstrate it, people will believe it. So he said, go to the... He didn't say pray for them. He said, heal them. Which is a fundamental thing, isn't it? He didn't say go and try to heal them. He said, go and heal them. Because he was sending them out in his authority. But something very interesting at this point in the Gospels... I'll put the verse up here and see if you can tell me what's a bit different about this. What's a bit different about that to what Jesus normally said? Joel's got it in one. It's go ahead. Yeah? Because normally Jesus said, follow me, doesn't he? Follow me. I'll go here. You follow. In this instant, he said, you go ahead of me into every town and place where I'm going to go. Now, I can imagine the disciples' face when he said this. Okay, we're going to go ahead, and you're going to wait. You're, you're the big guy. You're the one who do, do the stuff. You, we normally watch you, you know, and celebrate, and we're on Team Jesus, and that's fantastic. But now you're saying, you go ahead. In this early picture, Jesus is in a cafe about here. <laughs> about there, he's just sitting, having a cup of tea. And he's saying, disciples, you go ahead and do the stuff, and I'm going to come along later. Now, I can imagine the disciples absolutely wetting themselves. Can you? He's sending us ahead, two by two, and, and we're going to be really on our own doing this stuff. We're going to be on our own. And Jesus is going to be way back there, and he's not going to be with us. And you can imagine them being so, so nervous about this. And then he turns up the heat. He says, oh, by the way, don't go home and collect extra stuff. Don't get a bag. Don't get extra clothes. Don't get extra shoes. Don't get extra money. Just go as you are. And I'm like, I haven't got any overnight gear, no overnight bag, I haven't got anything with me, no toothbrush, I've just got to go. Jesus just said, get moving, go and do the stuff. Anybody know who this guy is? What a strapping young individual. It's not me in my early years. This is a guy called Ed Stafford. You can look him up up later. Um, Ed specialises in being marooned intentionally. So he gets dropped naked into jungles, outbacks, inhospitable situations. He has no food. He has no tools. He has, the only thing he has is a camera, a video camera to record his exploits. And he has a mobile phone in case he's dying. Okay? And his job, his passion, is to try and thrive for about seven days in the outback, all on his own. And the first thing he often does, just for modesty's sake, is make himself a grass skirt, which he's fashioned beautifully there. Now, Ed is really stripped back, isn't he? But Jesus didn't quite strip the disciples back that far, thankfully. He just said, don't take any extra stuff with you. Because if you take extra stuff with you, you're going to depend on that stuff. And I want you to depend on me. So trust me, go as you are. I'm going to be with you. Go and declare the gospel and see what happens. I'll provide for you. Well, how do they get on? Anybody know? What do you say in Scripture? Well, they absolutely thrived. Okay, they came back. Here again, another early shot of them returning. Very, very happy. It said they were overjoyed. They were absolutely thrilled and full of joy. The word joy in the scripture there isn't really doing the job. Oops, sorry, let's go back to that one. Can you see the words up there? They're quite faint, aren't they? But it said they came back full of joy. Even the demons submit to us, they said. So they'd gone out and they brought the kingdom of light and the kingdom of dark had cr- being sort of crumbled before it. And they'd seen so many incredible things, healings and demonstrations of God's kingdom. And the word joy there means they were incredibly happy because they got to do the stuff and they'd seen stuff happen. 
And Jesus was equally happy. It said in Scripture, in Luke 10, he was full of joy through the Holy Spirit. He was so made up, the fact that his disciples had gone out and seen God work through them. And he says that he looks to heaven and he prays. He says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned, and you've revealed them to the little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. So these disciples, in all their brokenness and their bumblingness and their, and their inefficiency, he'd sent them out and said, go and see what God can do if you just give him the chance, if you give him the space and the opportunity. And I can imagine he was like a football coach who'd been coaching the bottom league team. It's like one of those films you watch, and they rise up and they rise up and they rise up, eventually they win the league. You know? And I can imagine him just celebrating and being so overjoyed that these guys had seen the kingdom demonstrated. But then he does something else. He gets them round. You imagine him getting them round in a huddle, and he says, guys, it's great that you've seen demons submit to you. It's great you've seen people healed. It's great you've seen the kingdom come. But what's even greater is that your names are written in the book of life. Your names are written in the book of life. It's great that you get to do all this stuff, but what's even more important and what's even more to celebrate and be joyous about is that God loves you and God knows you. And it's great you get to do all this great stuff in his name, but the thing to be most overjoyed about is that God loves you and knows you just who you are, just for being who you are. And this shows us, this very simple story, shows that all of our doing, all of our activity, it always flows out of our being. It flows out the fact that if we're known by Jesus and we know Jesus and God loves us and cares for us, and from that point of identity... We can do anything for God. We can go out with nothing and see him work so powerfully. And what I love about this story is that he sent the disciples ahead of him. He said, you're going to go to the places I haven't yet been. You're going to go there first. And you're going to take my spirit and my love into that place ahead of me. Anybody know who this guy is? It's Neil Armstrong, isn't it? The first man to set foot on the moon in, on July the 20th, 1969. So here he's stepping down off the lunar lander, and his foot will be the first foot, the first human foot, that ever touched the surface of the moon. No one had ever gone there before him. Isn't that incredible? Anyone remember what he said? Very good. He said, this is one small step for man, but one giant leap for mankind. He'd been planning that. He wasn't spontaneous. So don't, you know. <laughs> and it was a very small step, wasn't it? But it was a huge leap in terms of advancement, in terms of the space program, and what was happening with, with, with human advancement and technology. Now, when you choose to let God send you into a place he may have not yet gone by his spirit, we're in a nation now, we're in a country now, in a culture where many people have no idea who Jesus is anymore. They have no concept of Christianity. Christendom is going, going, gone. And so many people out there have no idea who Jesus is, what the gospel is. They've never heard it, they've never had it explained to them. So when you choose to let God use you in a very simple way, in a very small step, your small step of obedience might be a, a huge leap in someone's life in terms of them coming to know God. Isn't that extraordinary? That Jesus said, will you go ahead of me? Will you go into these places and speak to these people? 
And when you do that, you may be sharing with somebody who's never heard the gospel before. Never had it explained to them. Never had the chance to ask questions about it. And just like Armstrong, we can make massive advances for people in terms of them coming to know Christ and coming into the wonder and the good news of the gospel story. So God commissions us all, just like the 72. He sends us out and he says, will you go ahead of me? We spend all our time listening to God and saying, God, I want to follow you and hear you and respond to you. But often God says, okay, I'm going to be with you, but I also need you to go. I also need to send you out into the places where I've sent you. Because you're going to go ahead of me and you're going to get to have some great stories. And you're going to see that you can fully depend on me, even when you have very little to offer. I can be right there by the power of my spirit. Isn't that extraordinary? Places to new people. Anybody use these when they learn to ride a bike? Yeah. Stabilizers are great, aren't they? When you start out, your stabilizers are great. The problem with stabilizers, you can't really corner very well. Have you noticed? You can't, really, you, know, you can't really lean into the turn. And so sooner or later, your parents would have decided that you've got enough balance, and your dad or your mom one day would have said, right, and they'd have taken the stabilizers off, and then they'd have grabbed hold of the back of your saddle, wouldn't they, and they'd have run along behind you. Yeah? Remember that, parents? Running along behind, holding the saddle, getting worn out. And you'd be there pedaling away. Great, this is great, this is great. New freedom. And at some point, your parent would go. And you'd be like, oh, this is great, Dad, this is great. Whoa! And you'd be like. And you'd wobble, and you might fall off. Your dad say, don't worry, dust you down, get you on again. And off you go again. And that's what Jesus does when he commissions us. He wants us to ride without the stabilizers. He wants us to be people who are commissioned by him and propelled by him into all these different places that he wants to send us. He commissions us to go. He's right there with us by his spirit. He's right there with us because we bear his image and we take the good news. And he wants to sit with us and hear all the great stories that we get when we go and we're commissioned by him. So over the next few weeks, we're going to push deeper into just looking at the person of Jesus and trying to rediscover and, and get rid of all the stuff that might have cluttered over him and obscured him and get back to that personal deep relationship and that sense of what he, who he is to us and who we are to him. Thank you for listening. If you would like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.